You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We've got a special first time ever, I think a two-part episode today, uh, looking at two different tournament recaps that Those happened over the weekend. Yeah. We had the Indy Open, which happened on Friday and Saturday, and then we had the Atlantic City Open on Saturday and Sunday. So to get things started, we've got Adam here from Indy Garrison, Indy or Indy Garrison Talks, the podcast. Well, it's all it's all all together. But yeah, I just I don't know the official name. Um, you were involved with the with the event. Were you, you were streaming, right? You were helping with the, um, the streaming. I, no, I was playing. Uh, Joe, oh, okay, yeah. Joe was our guy running uh, running the stream and everything. Good old Joe. Yeah. Joe. Sounds made Joe up to me, Hicks. but anyway. Joseph, Joseph Hicks. <laughs> kind of like Todd. Pass on the Discord, yeah. yeah. So it's, it is an interesting event for many reasons. Um, oh, yeah. But we'll start with just the event overall. <laughs> New event, Indie Open, you know, not... It's, it's its own thing. It's not part of the FLG series. It's just really good community over in Indianapolis. Uh, other than the couple of jerks that I've met in person who happened to be at the final table. Um, how how was it from, you know, Friday, Saturday? How did that work out for you guys? How'd you get 49 players? It seems so, like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, as um, Indianapolis is a big old hub for um, Legion. So like I know like 30 of these guys were kind of like locals here. But then we did pull a solid, I think we had like seven or eight states represented across the board, which is awesome. Um, I got to give a shout out to Matt Evans, Flood Zombie on the Discord, because he's always been great at uh, coordinating um, outreach, um, networking, all that. Um, he was the one that set it up, got everything sorted, um, got the venue and everything. And he and so in the past year, we've always done like 32 man events. We've um like local events at our local game store um so we kind of decided to try something bigger um see how it is and we ended up with indy garrison or not indy garrison indy open um mm-hmm. at 49 players um which i think is the biggest event that's not at like a con or something which i'm we're all really happy with um, yeah 49 is like nothing to scoff at for any event other than yeah. like the only ones that are consistently beaten that are like lvo worlds sort of thing so pretty dang impressive for a first year event yeah that is now next year you know when it comes back and if people are saying man dang i missed out on indie open this year uh what would you say is like something that sets it apart so the fun thing that sets it apart is um it's a good question um there's i feel like it's always fun to see the there's I don't know because it's like there's I don't want to say there's less on the line um because there's it's still a tournament and everything but it's like there's more time for social activities um I feel like because mm-hmm. like when you're at a tournament and everything it's always kind of like you've always got the con you're going to wander off and go to the con and whatnot but here at Indie Open we kind of just we were able to um, hang out and just talk with everyone um and I got I made a ton of new friends there and everything I'm sure everyone else did as well so it's just fun because you're able to like really focus on a legion and just get to know everyone in the community mm-hmm. that's super cool yeah i mean i think one of the things that interests me as far as that side of things is i don't recognize tons of the names i'm sure some of them travel around but i feel like man if i had 
if I make it out to Indie Open, I'll meet like 40 people that I've never met before, which is, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, a lot of those names that I was looking through right now are, are people that um, are busy, can't travel as much as everyone else. So it felt great to give them all a chance to kind of get that big old tournament feel without having to worry too much about other commitments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Awesome. That is nice. Same time next year for Indie Open? Aiming um, for midsummer? Probably midsummer. Um, next year, we are shooting to do it probably as a Friday, Saturday event. I think that was the one thing that we noted from this year is that um, because it was the first kind of like our trial run for it, um, Matt uh, was able to find a venue at a, at a church gym um, for relatively cheap. So like, you know, not too much loss because it's not at a con or anything. Um, so with the success of it this year, we're probably looking to do one Friday, Saturday to kind of uh, go with that. Um, but same time next year, yeah. Okay. Keep an cool eye out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that. Oh, go for it, Seth. Oh no, I just I, I like to hear that. I, I work yeah. on Sundays, so Friday, Saturday events. I'm, I'm, I'm very thing. interested in that. And there, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no PTO required if you don't need it to be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm very, I'm very interested to to transition. Yeah, to transition, <laughs> not to speak, but to transition and talk about kind of some of the takeaways from this event because it was very different I feel than what we've been seeing and I'm curious how much of that is maybe um, a local thing like you know if it's more hey this is what the local meta has always looked like or if it's more people trying different things uh, with the new points change because I think the trend we've basically been seeing is a move towards lots of Imperials lots of clones so lots and lots of those red saves and the dwindling of the white saves, but rebels were the biggest faction here at 15 players. Yes. Um, yeah, here we go. Here, here we're gonna see that sweet, sweet pie chart. Unusual for 2023. In Indeed, yes. So um, I would say it's kind of a mix of both because um, us Indie Garrison guys have played, like a lot of us play rebels. So, and then kind of branched out to community and everything. Um, and I know that just tend to be a rebel hotspot in the Legion scene in Indy here, but um, there's still more than I expected to, um, because I know a lot of the, a lot of names on here, um, I kind of expected to be running Empire and they probably would have been running Empire um, if it was before points, because I know half a dozen at least of these names were running double darks um, before points. <laughs> so um, yeah, I was happy with how rebels did at least. <laughs> Yeah. Were there still double darks that showed up at the event? That's had, one of the things I'd be keeping an eye on. We had two double dark lists. One, I believe, was with Boba. Um, so that's kind of like that standard list. And then there was one, I believe, with um, Gide uh, Moff Gideon. And then we also did have a triple dark list show up as well. Ooh, Ooh. that still fits. Okay. Hey, okay. Yeah. What I like, like looking at this faction breakdown, I think this is how like normal tournaments should look like. Like it's mm -hmm. pretty even throughout, and of course, mercenaries since they're a battle force is not as much as the others. But I just like looking at that. I'm like, man, that's actually refreshing just to see kind of an even breakdown. It, um, I think I had all the five games I played. I think only I played two against red saves, which was really nice for once because things were actually dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah did I'm like it feel refreshing like as far as like, man, I'm not playing against the same stuff all the time. Yeah, it, yeah. It felt 
good because it was um I had five different lists that I played against um all five yeah all five of my matchups were all very different archetypes um which felt really good that was kind of the thing that I didn't have feel um with darks coming out and how Blizzard took over and everything so if it and I'm pretty sure a lot of people at the event felt the same way so it felt really good yeah mm-hmm. good now top two players so winner we can we can start with the winner brian bear uh we bear can't claim to fame you know uh was a couple years ago adepticon uh hitting the scene hard with his uh dish triple dish and double land speeder list mm-hmm. they made the land speeder better and he abandoned them but he did running triple mandos and spoiler alert i think we'll see we'll see another uh heavy mando list uh making a, an appearance but i think a couple takeaways there was he put a lot of medics as someone who literally last night played a, a quad mando list with with shadow collective having that medics uh those heals is very important it goes a long oh, way yeah. but also this was something brian was playing i believe before even the points change, right? So we're still yeah. seeing like the advantage of knowing your list and practicing with it as opposed to, oh, points change. Uh, I'm going to try mm-hmm. something completely new. Yeah, he's been he's been playing this. Uh, I remember playing it in like October last year. So he's been playing it pretty much since then. And he was just ranting and raving about how um, points changes got him that extra medic and that extra act because it was nine acts before. Um, and it's just kind of shows, yeah. As someone who's been uh, potentially a victim, I don't know how the how your game went <laughs> of this list. Uh, what would you say? What's your takeaway from from the other side of the table? Um, it's a very hard list to play against, just because it is so absurdly tanky. Because with those, you know, Mando saves with Nimble and six heals. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. three three med bots and then of course boba and everything because there's still a lot of burst in the list as well um from boba with his flamer and rocket and then of course the mandal rockets um so it's just a very hard list to play against if you can't close the gap and kind of put pressure on him early because he just still play um pretty cagey and then you know end of the game he's just like oh i'm just going to delete two of your units and win a kill points or something yeah yeah it's not necessarily it's a list that can alpha strike but can just sit back, pick its moment, grab something from long range. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah, since we're seeing snipers come back, like Mando Rockets, <laughs> pretty good taking out snipers. Pretty good. Yep. Um, the Impervious feel- helps them too, so like fight against snipers. Yep. Which is... Yeah, that's... The Rebel version, not getting the shields. Yeah, I mean, you really... Yeah. You need those medics around for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, how were how are the tables? I mean, obviously, I feel like this is also a list where that insider I'm a local advantage can come into play where it's like, OK, I'm not going to be caught in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, like, f- f- from your perspective, how would you say the, the tables were skewing heavy, light, good mix? Um, I would say uh, it was a good mix, kind of more bordering on denser tables, um, because uh, the tables that we've had um, from indie, we kind of play on more dense, on uh, more dense tables because they they show off more. Um, but then also the tables that we got from Cincinnati and elsewhere also just kind of leaned on the uh, more dense side. So that's 
uh, so yeah, so it was just kind of tables were a little bit more dense, but like still open enough that like other armies succeeded and whatnot. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I I liked if I had to if I had to go a little bit more one way than the other, dense denser is more interesting. Even, yeah, in even opinion. with the new heavy cover rules, for sure. Yeah, there's cover and then there's like LOS and stuff as far as yeah. tactics. So yeah, sounds just like Brian made a good overall call like familiarity good knowing the terrain and all and, and if white saves are coming back having those rockets around pretty pretty good pretty good pretty nice yeah. Yeah. so good to see rebels doing something rebel boba the best character as i've always said yeah ranting and raving about how much i love rebel boba you know it's that independent yeah. standby really really makes him shine you know yeah i mean Say what you will. His one good thing is his rocket. So rule with respect and rule with respect. Overrated card, I think, generally. But this list has a plan for it. This list makes good use of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. In my opinion. So um, I don't know if we want to touch much on any of the other lists. I know, you know, the other player at the top table, Tyler, mm-hmm. another very good player. I think another the takeaway there is. Another white save army and another army running something he was familiar with. Yep. Um, which is, again, I think uh, a theme to watch. So, yeah, it was like a 10 act. Yeah. Boss. It was 11 act. 11 act. 11 it act. Says, uh, just uh, on, if you're watching on video, it says 801. That's because like the game uplink hasn't been updated with the new points. Just FYI. Yeah. Just it's, it's droids. It's gun line. It's Magnus. Again, something that. He knows well. When I played him back in 2022, he was running, you know, something with two Magnas and a lot of B1s, right? So there's there's something to that. As was everyone running with, Magnas in 2022? That is true. Pikes? Everyone yeah. but me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, before Pikes for times. sure. <laughs> right. He stuck with it and showed he's more than just a guy with a good list. He's a good player. Um, yes. I mean, that's that's... The other thing we're seeing, right? Two very good players. So, hey, what do you know? Make it their way. So if you want to win events, just be a very good player. That's <laughs> Find our Find a list here. that you just, you, you uh, like, uh, like Dave Grant, it looks a little skewed, but like a list that you just know and play and just pray to the buff mm-hmm. gods that the points um, show favor to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What was what was your approach, Adam? Were you uh, jumping on a bandwagon or choosing something that? Uh... Uh, I played something I was familiar with because I was well, yeah. a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, yeah, there was. I played. Um, I had Lando Boba uh, with the land speeder and then a couple other things. Um, Boba land speeder is what I brought to um, Worlds. Um, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, so I want to try out Lando because Lando I think is really good um, with the ten points cut and everything, and then of course wanted to try out the SX troopers, um, which actually worked out pretty well. Um, they were great at holding objectives and still had a great shot even when they weren't able to close a uh, range two. Um, and so yeah, it was just um, a little bit of both. We were talking actually in one of our recent episodes about. Lando Boba, given the forum ruling for Ace Up His Sleeve, where you can now issue that order to Boba Fett, were you making good use of that over the weekend? 
I think I made use of it once um, okay. when I kind of stuck him out there with a flamer shot. But um, I was running um, because uh, the way I was writing the list was putting Boba in the speeder. Um, usually right. didn't have a chance to. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So good, despite not even not despite that, but it doesn't need the gimmick to succeed. Oh yeah. Um, they just they just That's have a good. lot of options altogether. Um, because there was a couple games that I used it for the discard, but then I also was able to use it uh, for just passing out a bunch of standbys and getting uh, zoning out a Boba Din uh, dive list. Um, so, like, just there's a lot of options. So many options with this pair. Cool, cool. cool to hear. Well, happy to see Rebels doing well. Yeah. Next year, if there's still no buffs, I'll try to make it out for some easy wins uh, <laughs> against Rebels. That sounds great. Uh, pad the stats. But I'll have no. Ewoks then, so who knows? <laughs> who knows? That's... Yeah, I still haven't gotten a chance to try them. Anyways, uh, we mentioned at the top, Adam, you do a bunch of stuff. Anything you want to plug before we uh, um, sign off for this section of the pod? Yeah, so um, as um, kind of in the same podcast train, um, we do... Indy Garrison does our own podcast called uh, Garrison Talks over on Spotify. Um, and on our YouTube channel over at, uh, I believe it's also Indie Garrison on YouTube. Um, try to get things up bi-weekly. We're also trying to get some more content up on there. And then, of course, you can always visit our website over at IndianapolisGarrison.com where we're trying to, we started a blog, um, kind of died for a little bit, and now we're trying to bring it back. So, any support, of course, uh, just check that out as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll link Sweet. to both. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah, of Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Yeah. We'll catch us after the break for our next interview. Talking about Atlantic City Open. Today's episode is brought to you by Honda Anaka's Vitamin Supplements. My man Hondo is an experienced and well-respected businessman, and he's got an innovative new sales technique. He wants to get his supplements out to the market, so he wants you to help sell them and recruit friends to do the same. Buy a bunch of vitamins from Hondo, then sell them to customers. Also, if you recruit friends to sell them, then you'll get a portion of all their future sales. If those friends recruit friends, then you get a portion of those sales as well. It's easy money with what Hondo calls triangular investing. Learn for yourself at thisventureisdefinitelyprofitable.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from the break. It's a new day. Seth had to leave us. He had excuses about kids or something like that, but excuses. Uh, I have no more third co-host to join me, so it's just me. But luckily, I've got Josh, Fluffy Soros from the Discord, sort of a local. At what I think you're still mostly nominally based out of Portland. I know you've been traveling around a bit. Uh, not anymore. Uh, okay, I, that's I've why you are at Atlantic City. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm on the East Coast now. So just moved there a couple days ago. So actually, just settling. Okay, in. I feel less bad now. I was worried. <laughs> I was gonna. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was a long trip. We were talking about Atlantic City Open, which took place. I assume I've never looked it up in Atlantic City in yep. New Jersey. Yes, you this guessed This is my it. Canadian geography skills here. Okay, <laughs> sweet. We're off to a roaring start. Clearly, I do a lot of research uh, prior to the show. But we finished the last conversation talking about some meta takeaways uh, from Indie Open, which we saw Rebels win somehow. Um, 
and I wanted to kind of just pick up from where we left off there. So I guess first off, Josh, we were talking in the first uh, half of the show about how close this was to um, points changes and how we saw kind of people doing running lists that they were familiar with from even before the points changes and they tended to be doing pretty well. How did you approach uh, Atlantic City Atlantic City Open for yourself? Yeah, so I kind of thought maybe I would see some of the same trends of a lot of Gar, and then I really wasn't sure beyond that, <laughs> but I felt pretty confident I was going to see lots of Gar. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll I'll bring some Pierce. Pierce is good, right? So um, I was running a Vader Iden kind of pierce spam with isf in there um and so that was kind of my thought process going into it and then i went to bay area open about two or three weeks ago and that was before the points changed obviously so it was a very nice barometer of okay here's the list before and then here's the list after i had about 10 extra points i had to make some cuts in so just some what i thought was going to be Mm. minor cuts uh and then they turned out to be not so minor Yeah, so what did you lose? Because I've got pulled up here. Um, How, so we've got, you know, Aiden, Imperial Officer, for those listening at home, Vader, uh, Operative, of course, two Shores with T21s, two Mortars, ISF, Snipers, not a lot of upgrades, just Lean, Mean, 800 points, 10x. Yeah, talk us through it. Yeah, so I previously had Into the Fray uh, on Vader, and then I had um, Improvised Orders on Becky. So uh, Improvised Orders ended up not being a big deal. It was just kind of a convenience luxury thing. I I don't really believe in a five-point bid, and so I just decided to kind of slap mm-hmm. it on there. The, the big thing, though, of course, that I'm sure people are interested in is Choke. Uh, and I was running Choke before, and I was one of the guys that was like, yeah, I think Choke is okay. You know, a free wound is a free wound, you know, uh, that'll be great. And uh, Choke is dead. Uh, long live the choke <laughs> i really think oh yeah hot take uh okay interesting yeah. <laughs> i i haven't played with or against it since the change but i would say i would fall into that camp so i'm very wise wise uh so i mean other than you know definitely counting for operator error which is always a thing w- when i'm uh in the mix here so uh yeah uh get good roll better pilot matters uh get more crits so basically you know Mm -hmm. vader loved to just sit on center uh objective points and you know uh blast with the rico here choke out heavy stuff like that you know he's really in his prime Mm -hmm. as a beat stick and particularly in the vader context losing choke just hurts so bad uh you know also hurts his objective play quite a bit which the force push change just kind of compounded that as well so yeah just just not having that ability to to neuter two squads at once is is huge and really really hurts vader also you would i would definitely toss uh mall shadow collective in there too it's kind of operating pretty similarly Mm mm-hmm yeah, I like what I, I feel what you're saying about the jump out, you know, jump out, scatter someone towards you, choke them, and then even you know, jump back behind something. I think there's a reason we see. Tell me if you you have a difference of opinion, but I'll speak for Seth here as well. Myself and Seth, we I think we see 
uh, Anakin and Yoda as the two premier force users right now. And those guys both have really good support abilities before they get into the mix. Whereas that was kind of Vader's version of that. He could from afar, 10 inches or so away, kind of still start choking stuff out. Now he doesn't have that. So really he's not doing much other than zoning until he gets in. So that does, I can see how that would be a huge loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he, did you face? Oh, okay. you go ahead. You go uh, ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, uh, like you mentioned, he doesn't have any support. So it's all him, you know, basically it's him or the threat of being him. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. firmly on train reflexes now, uh, at least for Vader. That's all I can speak to, but um, just, you know, again, with the deflect changes uh, mm. hurting and then, you know, slotting in at a really nice five points you slap him in heavy cover with a dodge you know towards the end of a round he's probably going to be pretty safe uh and it also i think really makes him a better duelist so i was just playing today actually on tts and he was able to to deal with a maul pretty well uh just you know having that extra dodge really helps out in a duel with another force user or melee character so i i think i'm gonna try reflexes uh for now and then maybe i'll just abandon vader altogether but we'll see well speaking of duelists because the other upgrade the one of the upgrades you dropped was into the fray did you miss into the fray on vader with those oh with man those surges? yeah and and i suffered for not uh being able to practice for two weeks uh you know somehow just uh playing off of my phone hotspot in the car uh was not really a thing <laughs> so um yeah, so I really, it really, yeah, I didn't no. realize how much my list kind of sucked <laughs> with having just those losses. Uh, and yeah, into the fray, man, it, it really hurt not having that. Uh, I think I lost Vader three out of four games, and each time, if he had one more surge, he would have lived at a very crucial moment. So it's, it's very poignant of like, oh, yep, if I just had into the fray, mm. I'd be alive. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think right now, my personal take for Vader is reflexes and into the fray just makes him a really strong, tanky unit. And you know, at least you're getting that out of him and he's not gonna go down to another force user easily, particularly with implacable. So it just kind of slightly changes, I think how you approach him, particularly in a, in a Jedi battle. Interesting, interesting. I painted up my uh, Op Vader a while ago, but I haven't put him on the table yet. So this is, I'm taking notes because I do want to put him on the table. Yeah. Uh, he's, IRL. He's still good, so I would good. say. He's not dead. So, he's not broken. Enough about you. You didn't. That's, I mean, that's good, I guess, in a sense. Um,. Are you sure he's not dead, though? That's the question. Are we sure my, yet? Are we sure yet? My, my hot, hot take takes? is he is serviceable. I'll, I'm, I'm strong enough to say serviceable. Uh, okay. And, you know, definitely, you know, maybe it's a bit of a sunk cost fallacy, but I think the more games you have with him and the more experience, you know, you can make, you can squeeze some juice out of him for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a a matter of unlearning some of the things you've learned exactly. with him with the Force Choke exactly. over the years. Over If you've been playing him for years, which some people have. But anyways, bigger picture, zooming out from just you. Faction Breakdown. Honestly, pretty similar to Indy. Uh, before, you, were, you, you mentioned you were at Bay Area Open, which was the extreme version of No Rebels, of like one separatist or something and no mercenaries like basically no a few separatists but like very few white saves 
Um, and it rebounded a bit here at ACO. We're seeing nine Republic, eight Rebels, seven Empire. Looks like maybe six Separatists. It's hard to say it's cut off. But what were your thoughts just kind of looking at the 32-person field? Was there anything yeah, that I jumped mean, out I at you? I mean, I think you need to have, when you're list building competitively, you need to have an answer or at least have thought about, generally speaking, how are you going to handle arcs? And I would also include Mandos in that because those are two units that are really burgeoning in, in popularity right now. Mm. And that's something you got to think of. Something I saw a lot of at ACO, a lot of really good players maximizing them really well. Um, so a lot of Gar in general, you know, Gar was on a bit of a hiatus for a little while, but but they're back. The clones are back. Uh, so you got to got to think through how you're going to punch through that that Gar shield or how you're not going to punch through it. Right, and was was Iden and all that high velocity, all that yeah, pierce, was uh, that just not so enough? So at Bay Area, I played Darth Vader, who was uh, had several med Medroids and Guardian with the IRG, and that was that was when I realized the limitation of Pierce. It's that there there are a lot of tools out there these days uh, that that kind of mitigate the Pierce. Uh, with CIS, you see a lot of uh, repair spam, whether that's heal heal droids or Medroids, uh, and uh, also with Gar, you know. You've got boil, you've got force reflexes, and then even with arcs, mm -hmm. like just anecdotal evidence, I shot an arc strike team probably about three or four times uh, with a pierce, uh, but they about four times in a row they never went down. They just double saved, and you know that that just is a super sad. Uh, but it's about a fifty percent mm -hmm. chance, honestly, yeah. that you don't even punch a shot through, even with uh, a pierce one shot. So, and then you mix boil and force barrier into that and yeah it pierce alone is not enough and that's i think a, a takeaway i would offer to others is that when you're thinking about guard just having a pierce or two is not really going to do a lot because there there's a lot of really good defensive tech out there man yeah this this got me worried i mean at that point what what can you do if that doesn't work against guard anymore um and it's it's interesting that you mentioned arcs and mandos because I don't know how closely you were following indie open, but you know that was won by a boba triple mando list for rebels um, with uh, we bear and you know triple medics as well, lots and lots of heals. The other night I was playing a, a shadow collective list with mandos and double heals or or heals from the bus I should say, and I think at ACO, at least after day one, one of the 3-0 lists was a, I believe it was a mall quad Mandos. There, list, there was, it was at least a, quad. A guard yeah. quad Mandos list, but again, Mandos. I didn't notice arcs. Did you? Yeah. How? So would you say there was, I just, I just didn't notice arcs as much in the list that were popping up with a good representation, full arc squads with Yoda or uh, Anakin? I think I or saw a fair mix of Yoda, mainly? Anakin, and also generally speaking, I think you're going to continue to see more uh, of Yoda, Anakin. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I saw both strike teams. Echo is also super popular, and he uh, more than one time he offed some of my Imperial uh, snipers, and you know, he can do that if you load him up with a couple aims and get those two crits going, you know, you're still not safe even with throw profile. So yeah. he's kind of still the, I would say definitely you need to think through how am I going to see Echo? You are extremely likely to see an Echo somewhere if you're playing Gar. Mm -hmm. But where we are not likely to see Echo, 
Once again, I'm just killing it with the transitions here today as I slowly pull up the screen share. Uh, let's take a look at the top list. Um, Austin Miller, someone asked in the Discord, I believe, before the event, what do you guys think is going to win? And I very presciently said, uh, probably CIS, because I bet that's what Austin Miller is playing. And what do you know? Pat myself on the back. Austin Miller, much like in uh, in Indie Open, where we saw Tyler and Brian battling it out on the final table. Austin taking it home. It's just good players being good, finding ways to win. Ventress, Cad, Double Bounty, if you want it, or just Makashi, which we've seen really good into... Um, with into other force users and a burst of speed ventress drop and choke uh any any thoughts from your side yeah, as our man um, on the ground in aco yeah i i think you know austin miller he's a, he's the player one of the players to beat now so anything he pilots i'm sure is going to be great but also really tracks with an observation uh on tts a lot lately bane i think is a cis powerhouse right now um he's not going to be the guy you know that tables three squads or something like that mm -hmm. but but he he can really win you the game and if i'm not mistaken i think i noticed day one austin was winning most of his games by objective play and not by huge you know kill point margins so bane is really a crucial piece in that and and i think he's a really solid pickup for any cis players out there yeah i think bane is one of those ones where we see i feel like i keep seeing him do great stuff in cis and then as a not cis player i'm always like well can i fit him into shadow collective or empire and then it's always like, no, he needs he needs that comms relay reverse order control. And Ventress just combos really well with that because she's got independent dodge. She's also an operative. And again, Bakashi, really, really good. And probably she's just better now that she doesn't have to worry about as much Vader and those kind of guys hanging around to, to beat her down in melee. So a good, good meta call. And again, hey, Look at that, two med droids. We are seeing the resurgence of the medical droid. So that's good. And then the last couple things that I think everyone was is really happy to see. Uh, a couple plucky upstart lists that uh, made it far. <laughs> Did not make nope, it nope, far. That's your list. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. Let's try. Unfortunately, but I I I uh, <laughs> I still appreciate the yeah. effort. I think it, I think it's a good concept. Uh, here we go, Jonathan. I believe I, he didn't officially finish in the top three on the game uplink, but from what I can tell, he was the final table opponent uh, of Austin. Um, and hey, look at this, Darth Vader with four mm, speeder bikes, two familiar. HRUs. What do you know? <laughs> Crazy, right? Blizzard Force. Yeah, still good. We talked a lot about this with uh, every points change. Things get hit, and then sometimes the right answer can be whatever was good before is probably still really good. Honestly, if you had asked me uh, a week ago if I thought this list would still fit as is with all the points increases, I would not have thought so, but uh, I guess you drop 
uh, the transponders on the bikes, and yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, one thing, one thing I, I think you could also throw in uh, the dark troopers as well here. They are not as um, there's not as many of them, but they're still quite they're still quite potent. Like, yes, you still need to prepare for dark troopers. You still need to prepare for blizzard. You may not see as many of them, uh, but uh, they're they're still like you mm-hmm. said, they're still really good, and you still need to consider them. You read my mind there, Josh. Uh, for the viewers at, or for the listeners at home, uh, Raul was the official number two according to Game Uplink, uh, with Moff Gideon, uh, three storms, two dark troopers, and an occupier tank. So um, the five man guys, but still with the cannon, the launcher, the programmed loyalty, lots of mobility. You know, getting the darks. They. I measured this out on TTS a while ago. It's just a crazy distance that you can do just using the the uh, tank as a launch pad. Essentially, if you if you move the tank up to the right position, the first guys can just get out, shoot. The next guys can embark with one action, shoot, and then move out the front. And you get over six inches of free movement from that. It can be. Pretty impressive if you're not ready for Raul it. Raul was actually so uh, what took me out round two. Well. Uh, so I thought my Vader was safe. Uh, and then Gav Tank was like, no, you're not. Uh, so just scooted up, touched a piece of terrain that was in the middle. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's still very impressive. It still hurts a lot. He was just picking up activations with single shots. And then he also played Moment of Consideration uh, and fire supported his Gav Tank with a Dark Trooper. And that's when Vader went down. And and big sad i think vader got uh Mm. went down in two shots both of my shore heavies went down in one shot it was just it was yeah it still hurts still hurts can confirm can confirm still hurts dark dark troopers yeah (laughs) yeah dark darks still do good stuff yeah it's i i think for me that's still the number one thing i'm going to be tracking over the course of the summer is just how darks are doing because I think, as some some people said to me, and I agree with the sentiment, darks were nerfed enough that they can maybe be even better now, in the sense that they're nerfed enough that people might stop teching and then get rolled by them. And it's not like you were helpless. Like you, in in the olden days, we would have said, "Hey, look at all that critical. Look at this marksman with Pierce. Hey, you're fine." But you, you just you can't do it fast enough. That's exactly when it's what happened. The gap uh, I got a great one. hit on one of his dark troopers early on. I think so, I pretty much wiped it out. Yeah. Turn one, but then turn two, the other one came, and I had no answer. And he just started picking up axe and going twice. You know, there, there's there's no outweighting them. There's no outrunning them. You know, and it was sabs, so I kind of had to stay home. So yep, they're still good, still oppressive. Hmm. You, you you said you don't believe in a five point bid, but this uh, this dark list only had a one point bid. Do you have regrets? Do you think a small uh, bid no would regrets, have saved you, giving you a bit more time regrets. with some long deployments? <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I should have uh, considered it. I don't know. I I like the control okay. that uh, Red Player uh, gives you, but it's I mean I think I but I feel like also that's what everybody says. Oh yeah, no bid, but I think there is something to be said for a five point bid, definitely. I think so. I, as a as a former degenerate darks player myself, the darks having the bid is fantastic for them. 
but they can't bid a lot. And I really appreciated not 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 playing against Darks, but in my own store championship a couple weeks back. I just kind of ended up with the six point bid because I ran out of things to spend points on. And IRL, just being able to choose even say, hey, I want to be red player because the tables are a little funky or we have the same list and I want to make sure I get last ban. Still very powerful. So, yeah, people, don't feel like you got to fill it up. <laughs> uh, don't be like Josh. Oh, shucks. <laughs> or do. Josh is still a very good player. He's being hard on himself, but he is a very good player. Uh, I've had a lot of very close games against you. So, uh before we before we go, any big picture things you want to say about uh, ACO? As I a do. West Coaster, I do want to address think, something. Uh, I did hear that there was a lot of uh, a lot of crap talking. Put I don't know if I spot. can swear on this pair, uh, on this okay. podcast. I, there's a lot of uh, poodoo talking about uh, ACO, and uh, previously it was not run well. But I want to give a huge shout out to Brendan. Uh, he did an amazing job. Everybody there, Endless was there, roomed with him again. Uh, really great experience with everyone there. So do come to ACO next year i think brendan has righted the the ship there uh really well so yeah it was it was a very fun tournament you know it was fun people watching in the casino so uh it's just a fun experience overall there you go awesome ringing endorsement is it in, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, basically, the, I've never uh, been to Atlantic City, and how place? I would describe it as Vegas, but East oh. Coast. That's it. So yeah. Right. So if you wanted to go to LVO, but you want to do it in the summer, uh, this sounds sounds like your place. And I'm always a big fan of being able to stay at the venue. So uh, that's it for me. Particular, uh, just a shout out to all the homies on the West Coast, the PDX crew, uh, roll better. You guys can do good, uh, good things. And then to my new home, East Coast Game Castle crew. So just some shout outs there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a <laughs> trader, but that's OK. Worked out well for Anakin in the end. Uh, that's it, everybody. Thank you for our double featured tournament recap. And uh, hopefully you can take some of these advice and uh, go win yourself some store champs. Cool. And stay Gungan. This has been the Bomb Bad Generals. Listening to Bomb Bad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed figures, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.